We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. All right. Welcome to the Pragmatic Doulas podcast. I'm your one of your hosts, Kim Fernandez. I am Stephanie and Rosa Lynch, and we are missing, at least for now. We Susanna. hope she might show up. I don't know. <laughs> this is Susanna Lush. She might just, or Susanna Lush. Suzanne Lim. What, did you guys come. get married? <laughs> don't tell anybody. Damn it. What will Roger say? <laughs> Let's be honest. It was his idea. True. <laughs> <laughs> he has picked up uh, Suzanne's terminology in saying, I have no behavior. Oh. You know, Suzanne says, you have no behavior, and I have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I don't know. We she might show up. She's traveling today on her way back home to us. Thank God we miss her. I'm pretty sure our listeners miss her too. A little it's a little bittersweet though. She's just she's looked so relaxed and so beautiful. I know. And so just down three notches once the wedding was over. I love her pictures. Her I mean, besides the fact everyone is beautiful and lovely and dewy, um, she just looks that you know, the shoulders are down and relaxed. I mean, she was in a big pot. What was that? She was like in some big boiling water. Yeah, pot. it looked, honestly, it looked like she was being cooked. I, yes. I thought, why <laughs> is this happening? I'm not sure. Are you going to be eaten later? <laughs> Did you like Canadian down there? Jeez <laughs> Louise. So I'm sure next week we'll be full of all of her, um, shenanigans shenanigans actually no next week isn't that our special guest yes it is surprise special guest i'm very excited it is actually (laughs) all right so we had next week we will have surprise special guests along with suzanne we might have to record something outside of that as well separately i think that's a great idea actually yeah maybe we'll do that all right so but for today, we're recording early. Yes, a little so bit earlier. An hour ahead of what we usually do. I'm off this afternoon to uh, take my kiddo to do some of his uh, pre-admission testing and stuff like that for college. Ah, what's yeah. he taking? Uh, he's going into the welding course. Oh, the nice. welding diploma, whatever you want to call it. Ontario needs tradesmen, apparently. Well, Trades people. Know, on that note, Abigail had wanted to go to university for to University of Guelph for their equestrian program and business programs. But yesterday she looked up and decided to throw her hat into the women in welding program oh. at Sheridan College. So she's currently finishing high school and doing almost like a co-op where she's going to Sheridan College one day a week to do women in welding. Wow. Yeah. Threw me off. I was like, all right, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. But let's be real. I have, I have a son who's graduating high school as well. And last year, he wanted to go to Sudbury, go to their sport, sports admin um, program, university program, which is fucking amazing. His grades are not awesome, but we were like, you can do this, buddy. You can do this. If this is what you want to do, you can do this. And he's very much into sports and all of that stuff. So then last beginning of this semester, the, this school year, 
was like, yeah, no, that wasn't going to work because his grades were not being pulled up and he really wasn't doing that much about it. So, okay, we're going to go to college. Okay, what is what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be a plumber. Okay, any reason why you want to be a plumber? No, just pick a trades out of the air and let's do that. Okay, fine, I support that. We'll do that. So he ended up dropping a hard math for a math that he could pass and all this stuff. Okay, fine. And then suddenly at the end of this semester decided he wants to go into the culinary arts. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, not that he's ever cooked anything here really in his entire life, but okay. Um, and he, <clears throat> he has the worst food palate ever. <laughs> um, but okay. So he got into he got into George Brown culinary arts management, which is pretty huge actually. George Brown is an amazing uh, college program for that. It, it really is. I know a couple of my my eldest her friends went through that program and loved it. Yeah, so he got into that. He also got into Durham College for sports admin, but also plumbing but he doesn't want to do that. Um, and now we're just waiting on Centennial College for their bakery arts. So that's his first choice is to become a baker. All right. That is amazing. Like Thomas is just like throwing it out there. Like let's just try to do something I've absolutely never done before. Well, it's funny. I'm almost happy that he's sort of gone away from plumbing because I spoke to somebody yesterday about their kids one was going into being an electrician and became an electrician and then decided that and couldn't get hired. And then, and this was like recently. And then another got into plumbing and went through the whole process of, of going into plumbing and then again, couldn't get hired and now is doing something in business and marketing. So I'm like, Ontario needs tradespeople, but apparently you can't get hired. So who knows? I don't know. It may just be those kids were lazy, but <laughs> <laughs> you just so, never know. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We're just, as I say, we're waiting on Centennial College. So fucking Centennial, get your ass in gear and get that shit out there. I need to know where my kid is going. So many options. So I think uh, Abby's also going to do a. Uh, she's going to do a victory lap for the first semester of next year. Right. Yeah. Or she's going to move to Kentucky. For Kentucky? Uh, yes. My aunt is in Kentucky and has a large piece of land that has barns and stables. And well, it's a huge horse area. It sure is. And my aunt is a huge horse trainer. Ah. So, yes. She would like to kind of, I think, just take a half a year, not off necessarily, but basically go run the farm there for half yeah. a year. What an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And hopefully then my aunt at the age she is at will not have to get up at 5 a.m. to clear her back 40 by herself, <laughs> which she does. Yeah. She'll age... still do it. She just won't do it alone. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> at age 73, she gets up at the butt crack of dawn before going to the gym to go clear all of the brush and stuff that has fallen. Oh, damn. You know that woman's going to live to be 100 then. She really is. She really is. Good Lord. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, no. So one thing I did want to talk about before we got to our topic, um, I see this constantly and I saw it again on a Facebook page. We should just have like Facebook corner. We should pick out, you know, some question that was asked on Facebook for the 800 billionth time and talk, you know, have Facebook corner. 
That's exactly what I was thinking. I was actually thinking a whole podcast on it, but yeah, just a corner on it for each week when we start would be great. Yes. So today's Facebook corner (laughs) comes from some person. I'm not going to out them, Um, but they were going to be hired at 36 weeks for a birth doula. What do you charge? Do you change anything because it's so close to the thing? What is your pricing change because you have so little time with them? Nothing. The answer is you don't change your price at all. You're still on call. And actually, you've had less time to get acquainted with all the nuances about your family that you're working with. Exactly. So it doesn't change anything for you. It's not a shorter period of time on call. No. You know? Nope. And you're, and as I say, you know, you're still trying to scramble to get in all those, all those prenatals and whatnot. You can cut out a prenatal if you want to, but that's not going to change the price. No. You do not change your price. Your price is your price. Your price is your price. Every single time, mm-hmm. regardless. Like, someone asked me too, what if I just call you in labor? I'm like, well, A, you won't guarantee that you'll get me because I might be doing shit with my family. Or yeah, exactly. And I haven't been on call. I might be sleeping and my phone might be off. So you can try calling. That's right. If I'm not on call, then my phone might be off. So, um, And they want to know if it costs less. I'm like, no, that's fucking stressful, man. I never met you. Yeah, no, forget it. This is not, this is not like the birth doula program where, you know, you can randomly show up at a hospital and a doula shows up for you. This is, this is personalized, individualized care. That's exactly what it is. And it's harder, the shorter period of time you have with the family. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I, I know some clients will potentially want to sort of, you know, cut the fee here or there by cutting certain things out. But no, you have to stand your ground. You have to, if this is the price that it's going to be for you to get out of bed and go service somebody to take time away from your family, then this is what the price is. Please stop trying to justify your price. Please stop trying to nickel and dime your price. It is what it is. And if they can't afford it, then they should have bought a less expensive stroller and if they truly can't afford it because they're because they are you know in low income then i'm sure there's programs around that can help them there's certainly programs in ontario that will help them there absolutely are and there needs to be more all over exactly there there will never be a time where that where everybody is able to afford it no exactly always be a time here's the socialist in me where we have programs in place that can help make it happen that's right and if there isn't a program in your area Start one. Start one. Go yeah. find out what you have to do, even if you just copy somebody else's program. Yeah. Go to a hospital, take it wherever, take it to someone who's willing to sponsor you and get her done. Yeah. So, all right. So that's my vent for the day. I didn't respond to the Facebook thing and I didn't really look at what the other people had suggested either, but I'm hoping that they steered her towards not changing their price at all. So I there agree. you go. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, And that's the answer at Facebook Corner. Yeah. (laughs) So our topic today is um, we are talking about things that might be perceived as being out of scope. Yes. We hear about it all the time. We hear about, um, you know, other staff saying, you know, doulas are stepping out of their lane or into their lane and 
Um, now, first of all, what I find really interesting is that I find most physicians I speak with truly don't know what our scope is, but yes. they seem to have uh, the impression that we're stepping out of our lane and we're infringing on theirs. When everybody's lane is really the same as in the sense of helping a family move through one of the most important milestone days of their life. So it's, or even before, like appointments, all of those things. I, would, I don't go to appointments, but information talks that I have with my clients ahead of time. Um, sometimes I get calls from my clients saying that uh, I think my doctor's not impressed with the conversation we had today. And I told him that you'd given me this information. I'm like, okay, so what, what was the problem with the information? Because generally speaking, I'm going to say 99% of the time, I'm actually sending people information from the original SOGC site. Exactly. So, like that's your information, not mine. I'm just making sure your client has it because you guys have shut it down and made it all. You have to be a member now of the SOGC to get it. Which I hate. I'm so, that pisses me off. It's ridiculous. We should have access to clinical practice guidelines and understand what they have to work through. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. And that's my event for the day. I wonder how much it, I wonder how much the membership costs. Do you know? I have no idea. I don't know if you have to be a, like a member member, like you just pay a, a member fee, or if you actually have to be like an, an OBGYN. But, or uh, midwife. I'm sure the midwives have access to it. Quite possibly. I think the JOGC has um, a lot of their content too. So okay. Because um, they want all of this published in journals and stuff, right? Outside of the Society of Obstetrics and Gynecology of Canada. Yeah. So. And what pisses me off is why are you hiding it now? It was public. It was there for the public before. Why are you hiding it now? Good question. Because people are getting woke to it. I just oh, use, yeah. I'm a 50 year old woman that just used the word woke. All right. Um, we so, accept you and we move on. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, so if you, what are some things that could be, because I'm trying to think, what do I do that could be misconstrued as being out of scope? Well, you know, it's the very first one that came to mind for me was a conversation I was having inappropriately with a physician who had cornered me. Oh, I hate those ones. <laughs> and um, so in this case, what had happened is my, I'd come to a birth with my client and uh, her waters had released and labor wasn't going, but she wanted to go in and her partner wasn't available to come with her at the time. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm not far. I'll just pop into the hospital with you. You want to have a listen to baby, all of that stuff. And we got there and her physician was there and her physician said, well, you didn't tell me you were using a doula. And I find that these women step out of line and tell you things that you don't need to know. Like literally he just like went off. It's going between me and my client. And I'm just sitting there going, dude, I met her three days ago. Um, we're here because you've told her to come in, but he got real upset about the fact that she had a, uh, had a doula. But what came up during that, I, cause I asked him, I said, what, what is your concern? How can I help with your concern today? Cause she wasn't in active labor or anything. We we're just sitting chatting about the fact her waters were released and the options available around it. Um, and he said, you know, I come in and this is a scent free space and the doula is using essential oils. And I said, well, you know what? You're right. It's, that's not in our, our wheelhouse. Now, how I explained to him, our client could very well have purchased um, essential oils. It is her choice then in her birthing space to use them. I, I understand it goes against your policy, but it's the client who's chosen to do that. 
And my role as her support person, not an employee of the hospital, is to support the things that support her. So if you see a doula pulling out um, a cotton ball from a baggie that has a smell on it, then quite likely this is something the client has prepared ahead of time. You're just seeing it in the hands of the doula because this is the tool that the client brought. He really wasn't interested in the thing. He really wanted to just nail me down. But um, I find that that is a huge quite often is use of essential oils in labor and delivery. Right. Now, having said that, though, that is out of scope for many doulas. And maybe there are doula organizations that do sort of teach in that. Um, at In Ontario, that's not part of the scope of practice for um, the AOD or the Association of Ontario Doulas. Um, right. And I was trained them is not no. them, bringing your own none of those things are right um, and as as kappa trained um that was also part of it too that essential oils were not part of the scope of practice correct however if your client brings her essential oils and asks you to pass the baggie with the orange dot on it because it has the whatever it is that she wants to to smell then we pass the baggie yeah you know we're not administering we're not supplying we are not um we didn't recommend it yeah it we didn't but you know what even ahead of time if you sat separately not as her doula but as a representative of doTERRA oils before becoming her doula or outside of being her doula and she purchased a kit from you which she is then choosing to utilize herself that's different yes. too yes but, but if you know bringing your own kit and stuff is out of the scope of practice for um Kappa, Dona, yes. AOD. Yes. Um, and I don't know who anybody else. I, in fact, I, well, I mean, as on the AOD board, one of my, one of my jobs is to, um, what do you say? I'm sorry. I have such a headache today. I'm not thinking straight. Um, is to assess the training organizations in Ontario that want to be part of the an approved training organization for the AOD. And I don't remember any of them saying that they taught anything about aromatherapy or anything like that. Doesn't I'm pretty sure none of them did. I think Motherwit does, don't they? They may. Um, and there might be something like that at Pacific Coast... Pacific Rim? Pacific They're Rim. in BC. Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim College. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. Their program is like 27 weeks long or something like that. It's a college course. But I think even with them, they talk about the evidence behind the oils and such. Right. And, and their applications and stuff, but not that you bring and prescribe. Oh, okay. Like if you talk about ahead of time with your clients, they can choose to purchase, use, utilize, but it's not in our wheelhouse to say this is what you should have. Right. You know what I mean? Cause it, there's all sorts of things that are out of our scope. Like we're talking about, like I can't tell you to use an epidural. I can tell you the pros and cons of it. And I think mm -hmm. the same thing goes with essential oils. I can tell you the pros and cons as they exist in evidence. I can tell you the pros and cons as they exist in traditional medicine, but I can't tell you you should or shouldn't use it. No, exactly. It's funny. That, that doesn't change that the fact that it's often misconstrued by care providers. True. Yep. 
and that's a bitch because it's not like it's one of those things where they actually view with their eyes and smell with their nose and there's a doula association with that right yeah and that blows <laughs> it's like fuck a duck man they think i'm doing something i'm not supposed to be doing but we just carry on right right what else? What else is I'm racking my brain to try and this was not a topic I was actually excited to talk about because I'm not sure what to say. Well, there's I mean, things are out of our wheelhouse. They they believe that we should be that we are again, it's all perception, right? But often yes. we are construed as being anti-epidural. Yes, which is I mean, for me is absolutely not true. I'm like, hey, get an epidural. I had two. I think they're amazing. <laughs> So that's one that's, I mean, that's when I hear often, still, it's, I still hear it. And often, you know, even when we speak with families, um, they wonder if we are anti-epidural. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I, but I, I hear it all the time. I, and especially, I mean, I know that when I teach in class, you know, there, I try to make my class discussion on epidurals be very unbiased because again like this is you your birth it, right? well i mean i can't i can't say one way or the other whether someone should have an epidural or not and you get that question all the time well when should i get it and i'm like well when you want it exactly like, when i can't you tell you that can help you out and they're usually surprised as well that I've actually had them myself because it's true. There is this perception that doulas are this, you know, it all has to be, you know, med free and, you know, at home and in a field and, woods, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there is anything wrong with that. You know, but it's not the way it should be. No, but it's a misconception. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, and then it's, that creates... And we should create this list because if we're going to do an in-service, we should go through the most common myths or most commonly misconstrued things that create frustration for other care providers. Not that our job is to alleviate that directly, but indirectly having, a, having hospitals and birthing spaces that are conducive to all members is yes. beneficial to our clients. Actually, I want to say, I, I meant to say this before when we were talking about scope of practice, um, Kappa, I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have a, and anybody could make this up, they used to have a postcard size, postcard basically, that listed their scope of practice. Yes. And and the idea was that when, especially as a new doula, when you went in, you said, you introduced yourself, you know, hi, I'm Kim Fernandez, um, I am the doula, and I will be working within my scope, here's a copy of my scope of practice. If I do anything that you deem is outside of my scope, as I'm learning, I would really appreciate you letting me know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wild and crazy. Did you, and how often did you use that? I never used it because I was already a trainer by the time that card sort of came into existence. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and I was already, I was already who I was. I wasn't gonna, wasn't learning anymore. I mean, even though I am on a daily basis, I didn't feel I needed it. I'd been a doula like 10 years at that point. But so I I'm think- I'm trying to think of how, how things appear out of scope. So like with epidural, when, your so again at a 
birth not too long ago, I had a, I had a nurse literally lean her whole body over my client's back as she was on her hands and knees asking her, do you want me to call anesthesia? Do you want me to call anesthesia? And, Shut the fuck up. And th- those weren't my exact words, but I had said um, to the client, or to, I said to, to the nurse, she doesn't want to be talked to during uh, her contractions. And the nurse stood back and then later on, and then afterwards, um, she had said, what are my options? And I had said to her, well, you know, we're, we're pretty close to the end here. Gas and air is probably going to be your thing at this point. Um, Cause she wanted a med free birth. Yes. But the, our, the nurse at the time had, um, had not read her birth plan and had not set, not read the part where it specifically said, please don't offer medication. I'll ask when I'm ready. Um, so after all of that, the nurse actually, after the birth and all those things, the nurse actually took me outside and told me that that wasn't my place. Um, and I said, can you be more specific? And, and she said, well, if, if I'm offering to get her anesthesia, you shouldn't be telling me not to get her anesthesia. And I, I, I that's not said, what I said. That's not what I said. I said, she didn't want to be talked to during it. And she asked me about medications, which she also then said, my client was eight centimeters dilated. And, um, <laughs> And I had said, gas, the gas and air at this point would be probably the, based on your personal goals, what I know in the relationship with them, the best option. And then the yeah. nurse says to me, no, you can't get gas and air until you're 10 centimeters. And what? Like, and that's what, that's what popped out of my mouth. I was what like, kind of what? bullshit is that? that? I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense. And I said, but she doesn't want it anyway, so we're okay. But afterwards, when the nurse took me aside, she's like, you can't tell people they can have gas and air. And I said, that's an option here at this hospital. But she said, she basically was telling me I was speaking out of scope by telling my client that's an option. So that's, that's one of them is speaking for your clients. That's right. right. And I was, we don't do that. My client, but she was taking it personally that my client a hadn't asked her probably because she had been leaning across her back during a contraction, telling her she wanted to go get anesthesia. She's like, you're working too hard. This, This is too difficult. We have to go get anesthesia. It's like, no. She's working hard because there's a whole human being trying to escape her vagina right now. <laughs> and it's hard work. And it's hard work. And it's not a small baby. Her last baby was very small. <laughs> this we is not had, a small baby. We had, I don't know if I told this story. I think I may have in some of the earlier episodes where um, I went out. I was in, I was at Centenary before Centenary was the way it looked now. Remember what it looked like before? Yes, I do. Where there was like, uh, there were the rooms and then there was a hallway on one side and then the staff hallway on the other side mm-hmm. of the rooms. Yep. And I had, and I had a teen mom who um, they were suggesting um, an epidural. I think they were suggesting an epidural, but because she was, I can't remember. I was a doula like all of two minutes when this was happening, but um I went outside, I went out to the staff hallway and the nurse had a desk right there. That's the way they used to be too. Each That's nurse right. had sort of a desk. And I said, what she wants to know how um, dilated she is before she gets the epidural. And the anesthesiologist who was this like five foot tall, little tiny man, um, said well why he was because he was waiting for her to make the decision and i said well she just wants to know um 
she doesn't want the epidural to slow things down. And he said, well, it never does. And I, like an idiot, spouted out, well, I've seen it. And then, and I turned to the nurse and I, and I kind of ignored him and I went to the nurse and I said, she'd like to be checked just to see where she is in the process. And then I walked back into the room. Well, a couple of hours later, because we're being told that he has to come in now because if not, he's going to be in a surgery and he's not going to be around. So you have to have it now. Well, after she got the epidural, I took a break and went out. And this was maybe, I say a couple of hours, it was maybe half an hour after that, where he's supposed to be in some surgery. Well, he finds me in the hallway and he has me up against the wall, right in my space, looking up at me because he was short and I'm short, but not as short as he was, asking, who are you and who are you to say all of this stuff and, and what is your role and blah, blah, blah. And I very calmly explained what a doula was. And he goes, well, who hires you? Because he wanted to basically talk to whoever had hired me um, that I was, you know, interfering. When in reality, all I was doing was relaying information from my client to the nurse. I wasn't speaking for her. I wasn't giving her any information whatsoever in that regard. But I was relaying information, which is within my scope. Fuck, this guy was just pissed at my at my existence of being there and it's but it never does okay so your actual again area of study indicates that it slows things down mm -hmm. but you're choosing to you're choosing to ignore that stuff to ignore that and not just ignore it lie yes <laughs> you know it can slow things down that's not your problem because you've come in and done your job, the whether things have slowed down are up to obstetrics. Exactly. You know, but uh, I think one of the best things about that conversation, though, was because I, I think now, if that had happened to me now, I might have been a little bolder and sort of talked back and you know, gotten his face a little bit, because um, I'm at, I'm at the stage in my career where I'm like I don't even fucking care anymore. <laughs> But, and, then, and you're two adults, really, at the end of the day, you're two adults having a conversation. Exactly. And when what I think my most proud was that I spoke to him in a very level, calm manner. I didn't get my back up. I didn't shout back at him. I didn't. I gave him the information that I had and I told him exactly how it was. And he was trying to bait me into, you know, getting all riled up, but I wasn't taking the bait. I spoke calmly, very calmly, and he basically got very frustrated at that and stormed off down the hall with his Tim Hortons cup. And I'm like, um, <laughs> thinking, aren't you supposed to be in a surgery right now? What are you doing out here? I would have loved had you said that. I really would have. I know. I know. I would have loved to. Have said. And you know what? If it was now, I would have. But no, at, at that time, I did not. <laughs> So I think that definitely is, we're not speaking for our clients, but it can be construed that way. And I believe, again, with understanding of our role, that we have a pre-existing relationship with the family. Yes. They trust us to move that information accurately to the staff around them. The partner might not have the exact information as to why they might want something done. Again, you've mentioned one thing and basically said, that you are basically questioned on it, but it's not our job to answer the question. If you want to question that, go talk to the client. Yeah. But I'm just relaying 
what the information is. Not speaking for my client. I'm speaking as their liaison because, you know, they're busy trying to push a whole person out of their body or, you know, labor to do so. And I will say, like, when when it's looking like the client, you know, is sort of leaning towards an epidural, I will make 100% sure. Are you sure this is what you want? We had discussed this. Is this what you want now? Yes, this is what I want now. Okay. And then when I go out and I, I say, I won't, I will actually be specific. You know, Jane has expressed that she would like to have an epidural now. So I don't say, you know, we'd like to have the epidural now or whatever. It's she has said this. They have said this. And, and you know, the nurses will be, yeah, okay, great. No problem. I love that. And I love that the use of your client's name mm -hmm. is so huge because often we hear that. I don't know if you notice that when we're in those spaces, we hear he, she, they, like these, it, it, I find it depersonalizes. Or the patient. Oh, that one drives patient. me crazy. The patient has said blah, blah, blah. You're looking at the chart. She's standing right here. Their name is right there. Use yeah. their name. And it makes a difference to that laboring person when they hear their name called. Because often you're in a space. You're in, like mm -hmm. in a mental space that everything is cloudy. But hearing your name kind of cuts through a little bit. Yep. It, it's the sense of acknowledgement. And yep. uh, it's really, really important. I find it helps with exactly what you said alleviating things that can be misconstrued yep um and and, and i really I, it's almost patronizing when i hear people see say we we would like an epidural now um yes, no, like i'm not getting the epidural. exactly exactly there is one person in this room who would like to alter the way things are feeling right now yep. and that person is like you said jane jane's decided it's time to call anesthesia yep. and we get that ball rolling yep and, and is there anything you need from me, any other thing you need answered right now? Because often they then are going in and out, calling anesthesia, stuff like that. Yeah. And my client might be having another contraction and I'll get an opportunity to talk with my client in between those things where you might, the, our staff might be running around doing other things to get ready. I think too, as well, when I'm in the birthing space is I am there, yes, for the birthing parent and their partner, but I can also be a help to the nursing staff as well. You know, I can be helpful to everybody in the room and I don't want to be a hindrance to anybody in the room either. So, no, you know, at no. that point it'll be, yeah, Jane has asked for an epidural. She's, you know, in the tub with the shower right now um, and things have really ramped up. Um, but I can, while you're doing that, I can help get her out of the tub. Me and the partner can get her out of the tub and get her into the bed, you know, yes. in preparation for this. Because it might take four or five surges to get to the bed. Exactly. You know, that's, that could be like a solid 20 minutes. Well, exactly. Start and stop, start and stop. Got to stop and take a poop before I yeah. get there or stop and pee before I get there. You know, like yeah. you never know. You never know. No, well, that's, but that's it. And I mean, I'll, I'll don some gloves and I'll, I'll clear the bed and whatnot and make sure that, you know, everybody's job is a little bit easier because I want it to, personally, I want it to be seen that I am part of the team. Yeah. I am. I'm part of team Jane. Let's team say. Jane. Yeah. Team Jane. And I always, it's, it's funny you use that term being misconstrued again. I find, uh, maybe not out of scope exactly, but I do believe there's some sort of belief system that when a doula comes in with a family, 
that the doula wants to keep the family to herself where it's the exact opposite it's like hey i'm steph i'm here with i'm here as their doula nice to meet you if i've never met you before um it's just yeah. like a little quick intro you know because we're all team jane yeah and i'm looking forward to working with you for the next well, oh you're off in four hours for the next four hours me and you and this family are gonna get this done yeah have you seen have you ever seen where nurses are they almost try to do your job and sort of ease you out. I oh, had yes. a nurse recently that recently, it was like a, a year ago, but she was like, well, I can just hold your back here and I can just rub your back here. And I can, I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> that's my damn job. <laughs> what are you doing? I got a little bit PO'd when it, when it happened, but it was like, okay, that's fine. But it made me actually almost look useless being there. And I was like, okay, first off, I know this is something you probably want to do. And I know this is something that, you know, under normal circumstances, you maybe can't do. And I get it. But woman, get away. This is my job. I'm going to do the double hip squeeze. You can't sit here for four hours and do it. So go do your charting. And I know that's probably not the nicest way, the nicest feeling that I had towards her, but I don't know. It, it made me feel like, it made me feel like the clients felt like I wasn't needed. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And especially, I think that we often, um, we, when you're in a birthing space, you, you really get a sense of everyone's energy at the time. Yeah. And that might sound a little woo-woo, but you really get, can kind of tell someone who is tense or someone who is overworking or overreaching. Um, and I've had that a couple of times where I've seen, and it's not often, I don't even find it's like the younger, newer nurses. It's the older nurses who want to prove a point. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, and I'm, I just encourage, I'm like, you've really got that lower back pressure going. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go grab that cloth. You know? So it's, I don't want to say stealing the thunder, but I'm not going to play into or, yeah, you know, if your goal is not actually to help my client, it's to prove the fact that they don't need a doula, then I'm sorry. Then, that then There's all off. sorts of rules here. That's right. You are not on this team then. You're actually just trying to prove a point, which is horrible. I know. Well, that's just it. And I mean, we already have, we have a hard enough time, you know, trying to, make everybody feel comfortable with the partner as well, you know, trying to make them feel needed and, you know, part of the whole process. And now you're shoving me out as well. It's like, okay, well, you can't be here the entire time. So stop. If you could, and, and I think people, people are often, you know, a bit shocked as well when, um, you know, they find out that the nurse isn't going to be there the whole time. And that's really, I mean, for some doulas, I know for me especially, that's actually a big selling point for having a doula is that we will be there the whole time. Yeah, we so, don't have to chart. No, exactly. So you coming in and doing this for them for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever, like I really appreciate you doing this and, and whatnot, but you have to go. <laughs> This is not part of your job, even though maybe at some point in the past it was, and maybe that's something that they really want to be involved in, which I absolutely get. But you also have other clients that you have or other patients that you have to go see. You have, 
you know, breaks to cover. You have your own break to take, things like that. You getting into this dynamic and breaking up the dynamic that we have is not helpful. We have a working dynamic here right now and you stepping into it isn't necessarily helping. Yeah, and if your rule, if you truly believe your rule is to support and is to be part of this team, then come in as doing the very best in your role. Speaking of stepping out of scope, you know, like that is, you are probably stepping out of your scope to primarily be offering comfort measures when <clears throat> quite literally your role as it is laid out is to monitor, mm -hmm. is to be aware of things medically that we need to know. My job is not to be aware of things medically that we need to know. My job is to ensure that my client is moving through her labor with information and support. Yeah. I can't tell you if something, well, I can tell you. Um, about whether <laughs> There's a lot of medical things I can tell you just because I've been around a long time. Yeah, that's well, that's just role. it. <laughs> I'm not going to step into that role, you know, because uh, I got enough shit to do. <laughs> I don't want to be a nurse. I also don't want to be no. a midwife. No. I do not. I love my midwife friends. God, I love my midwife friends. So God love them. Out. It's never a job I wanted to do. No. Ever. No. Although many believe, again, there's a misconception, not a scope of practice type thing, but a misconception that all doulas want to be midwives. Fuck no. no. I see my midwife friends. I see that shit you do. I see that level of burnout that I cannot, cannot fathom. I cannot fathom it. Um, Look, over absolutely. Christmas, I had that fucking crazy where I had to actually be, you know, directing this, be part of this birth with no medical professionals. Fuck that shit. Exactly. I don't want to do that ever. If I, if I even had a slight inkling before that maybe, you know, this was something I could do, that threw it out the window. <laughs> no more. Hard pass. Thanks very much. Absolutely. <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. Where else have we been told we are out of scope? I'm wondering. So I, I can see your, when we, when we say, um, you know, giving advice, medical advice and things like that. I've certainly, there's been times where clients have turned and said, well, what do you think? <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. I coach my clients on that ahead of time. Oh, it's like I saying need to. to your mother and then ignoring what your mother says and asking your mother-in-law right beside you yeah exactly. don't do it don't change the dynamic that's not the energy you want in the room yeah i've gotten very good at saying oh you know what Oops. this is up to you <laughs> do you have more questions that you'd like to ask before you make that decision yes oh i know one i know one that i got called on i was told i was out of my scope of practice um <laughs> They, again, I don't think people ever, I don't think anyone outside of the doula world has ever actually read a doula scope of practice, but, um, they oh, no, I'm sure they call, haven't. It, call it on their best guess. I was told by an LC that I was acting out of my scope of practice when I mentioned that there was a tongue tie. So I came to see my client on day four. She was ginormous. Like she went from a B to a triple E. Oh, the skin. And I know this because I remember it on myself because I got I'm a part of the itty bitty titty committee, too. But it um, hurt. I could see my reflection 
in the skin of her breasts. They were pulled oh, so tight. No. And, um, you know, we were doing some reverse pressure th- softening and stuff. And we we're trying to do all these things to kind of help the baby latch onto something that's softer than a cantaloupe. Yeah. And um, we're doing this. And just as she's picking up her little one who's howling, I noticed that the tongue is barely lifted and underneath there's a very white line right down the middle. Mm. This tongue tie was so, it was, it was so apparent. It wasn't all the way towards the front, but no. it was obvious it was short and very tight at the right. back. And I was like, and after we did the feed and stuff, which did require a lot of adjustment because this babe really couldn't do the head tilt, just couldn't hold onto the nipple and tilt their head because the tongue wasn't moving. Right. Um, after we did the best we could with what we had, I mentioned that there was a really obvious tongue tie down the back. I can't, and I said, I can't grade it. I can't tell you about the full tongue function. That would require someone to work the function. But right now, this is what we would have to do in order to get a full feed in because we're just dealing with a limitation. Like any yeah. baby who is born with webbing between their fingers and toes, you yeah. know, could we leave it? Would they eventually be able to function and make up? for it in other ways sure it's the same thing with the tongue it's just leftover webbing yeah you know um i said it's not the ideal but there's stuff we can do about it if you choose yeah now the lc showed up while before i was leaving and the dual, my client said to the lc my doula mentioned that there was a tongue tie and the lc practically dropped her bag and looked at me and said that's really not in your scope of practice and not up to you to tell i'm like i can tell if a capital I is, or an I is capitalized or not. I'm just telling you what I saw in that baby's mouth. This is what I saw. I, I didn't grade it, didn't do anything. And she was trying to basically tell me to stay in my wheelhouse. And I'm like, how about you just assess? Yeah. I, I was, it was one of those days where I was just having none of it. Yeah. <laughs> like You really don't want to fuck with me on days that I'm not having it. That's right. And, and we're two adults. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. I'm right? not under you because I'm a doula. I am a grown-ass woman who's seen a lot of people breastfeed, and there's things I'm aware of. And we are all on the same goddamn team. Correct. So that is absolutely absolutely in my scope of practice to call something as I see it. If your son's balls were still webbed to his asshole, I would also tell you. If you're, exactly. If I, you know, we're doing a bum change with you, and I noticed that thing, and as you were cleaning, I noticed that there were some things that were still adhered together. I'd tell you there was extra tissue there, too. Because it's right in front of your fucking face. But well, if you've exactly. never seen a baby before, if you've never cleaned a baby before, you might not know. I'm not diagnosing shit. I'm just telling you what's in front of me. No, exactly. And the thing is, like. And this is the LC that we've talked about before. Uh, yeah. Who then I have to sell actually my client on warned my classes. I haven't used her name, but I've actually warned my classes about it. Because I'm, I'm sick of it. I cannot believe what she is selling. A good LC, honestly, if we're talking about, like, let's be honest, when it comes to breastfeeding issues, a lot of the issue is going to be latch and positioning, and they yeah. are easily fixed yeah. with one, maybe two visits, period, not 10. Not 10, and you don't send someone to, sorry, but she said she wanted to send them to the bottle. By the time I got home and I heard from my client, she wants us to just bottle feed for now. I'm like. She was right what? there. Exactly. She was there in the house with her. Just bottle feed for now. And then once we get that tongue tie that she did say was there afterwards, looked at and maybe released, 
then we'll work back towards breastfeeding. But she'd just done a It'll full be feed. totally ruined at that point. It's and it, I've seen this with this particular LC numerous times. Um, and this person is referred by a pediatric group regularly and it's regularly. Regularly. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Just make yeah. sure my mic is in place. Okay. Yeah, no, I can. I don't know how this is gonna record, but <laughs> I can hear you. Uh, wow. Wild. So those are the places where I have seen our, where things have been misconstrued for me as being outside of scope. Now, what is actually out of scope? What is actually out of scope that we could be called on? That we can be called on? Like, so when, I mean, we talk, when we talk about rogue doulas, I guess, I think that's the common term that's used. Rogue doulas. Go out of what, what you, me, Suzanne, kind of the career-oriented doulas, um, what is out, what is absolutely out of scope? Well, I mean, I think obviously aromatherapy is out of scope. Um, vaginal exams are out of scope, mm -hmm. and yet there's doulas that do them. There was actually an organization that was teaching them. Yeah, like, Alice uh, Monetrist, right? No, no, that was no, not a Montrese. This was like an actual doula. I can't remember who it was. They're obviously not a member of the AOD. Um, they were in the states as well. Um, it actually is potentially out of scope for many organizations and including the AOD to attend a unassisted birth, an unintentional, a intentional. Unassisted birth. unassisted birth. So those are things that can't be misconstrued. Those would be straight up. Yeah, they wouldn't be <laughs> misconstrued. I don't know. Oh, well, I guess so. Where it's happened accidentally, it can certainly be someone yes. could accuse you of doing that out of scope or, again, wanting to play midwife and yes. keep your client home. Well, so much is taken out of the power of clients. It's like, why are you assuming my client is such an idiot that they would just blindly take my advice on something. Well, exactly. Um, Who the hell am I? Right. Well, it's like with this, with that unintentional um, home birth at, um, at Christmas, when the, when they, when the husband was talking to the midwife, they had asked how many centimeters or how far apart are her contractions. And he had it on speakerphone and I made it abundantly clear to say, that doesn't matter. She needs to push right now. So I made it like, get your ass here right now because I don't want to be involved in this. I made it abundantly clear that this was not planned. Yeah, you wanted that clear as day. Oh, fuck no yeah. No misconstruing. Nope. Come now. Yes, please. <laughs> Good and they Lord. were When they came in so calm and I'm like... My heart rate was at like 90 at that point. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't I, know I, what other things. You, were you be. wearing your Fitbit at that time? Yeah, no. Was I? I don't know if you I may have yet. taken no, I'll I'll have to go back and look. Um I may have, but I also may have taken it off knowing it was a water birth. Ah uh, yes, cuz we had talked about preparation for water birth. Yeah. Oh, I may have taken something. it off. I was accused of being out of scope by recommending my clients get a birth pool for home when they were planning a hospital birth. They had a itty bitty tiny tub. It wasn't even a full size standard tub. It oh, had a itty bitty tiny tub. 
and the client had wanted to labor at home for a long time. I'm like, fuck it, get yourself. I mean, what else, what other day are you going to treat yourself to something? Yeah. You've got a large hot water tank. You don't have a large tub. Rent a birth pool. And um, when we got there, they had asked about why she was all wet still. And I'm like, we're moving quickly here because she'd been having like a, a nice pattern. And then when she got, she actually got in the tub and she launched off and she just started to get grunty. Oh shit. Maybe half an hour after getting into that tub. Oh, they're wow. making the grunty noises. I'm like, okay, not again, not in my scope necessarily or in my wheelhouse fully, but I'd recommend we move to the hospital now. Yep. And so we did. And, um, she pretty much laid on her side all the way because we walked in the door. They're busy asking questions. Like we have no time. Yes. <laughs> we have no time. But they, they said that I was, that I was aired in recommending that she use a birth tub at home. I'm like, she Why? got to have the birth she wanted. She got to have the labor she wanted in the relaxed space of her home. But again, I, I was getting the side eye that I secretly wanted them to stay home and have a home birth. No, I'm the one who recommended we come. Exactly. You know? And a first labor can often be long. Having access to things that relax you. Yeah. Give it. What other day are you going to get it? If you have extended benefits, call up and see if you can get a TENS unit for your early labor. Sure. You know, do it all. Get it all. I think birth pool should be covered under medical accessories for that. Oh, that would be cool. Yep. Working on it. <laughs> I've got 3 million side projects. You know how we just finished talking about you don't have to have a side hustle? Uh, yeah. Right. It's it's not a hustle so much as a communication that I'm working on. Oh, good. Yeah. Because that shit should be covered. Yeah, it's true. Oh. Those are my experiences with my scope being questioned. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. What, so what has everybody else done? Tell us. Send us some information. Do you, Have you been you know, working within scope, but it's been misconstrued as not being in scope. Oh my God, I have one more. Oh, <laughs> I knew if I just waited for a second. Um, it's like, you know, when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you remember something you should have known at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. But this one popped Every up Every fucking day. Right? Uh, I'm old age is the, old age is bad. So when I started my doula journey many, many moons ago, um, and I had, at first decided to get, what do you call it? I think I was at Dona at the time. First decided to get certified. I had to sit in on a class. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to sit in on a hospital class. And they were nice enough to let me come. I just pay for my books and, and things like that, like the handouts. Yeah. Was peach Keen, that's wonderful. Um, and during the break, one of the families had come up to me and asked me a question about something. And I answered, I said, I think the latest information on that is this. You can find that information though. Um, and I've given them direction for it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, or you can find a list of care providers for that here. And the instructor told me I was out of my wheelhouse. The instructor came up to me and Oops. said that I am not a prenatal educator, so it's not my role to be giving people information. Again, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm just an adult who knows where that information is. Yeah. That's like asking someone for directions at the street corner. Do you know how to get to... Would you, would you rather she get this information from Facebook crowdsourcing? Yes. Well, that was before Facebook, but yes. Or from your grandma? You know, no. You asked for directions. I had directions. But I got called out as being outside of my scope 
you are not a prenatal educator. You are not a, a registered CBE or certified CPE. You, uh, and as a, a doula, person. you do have the ability to educate. That's right. That's, if I don't have that information, who's going to have it? A CBE will have it, but I also have it. So, but I was told that it is not in my wheelhouse. Oh, that was bullshit. She was, she was feeling threatened. Pretty much. Yeah. And of course it was about breech birth. Um, <sighs> so working in a hospital and stuff, you're supposed to, I guess in that case, toe the line. I had, I will admit, I had somebody in my class once, um, and I was teaching, I had a doula stay with, in the class too, for part of their stuff. And while I was teaching, they interrupted me and started giving different information. And it wasn't incorrect information, but it wasn't where I kind of wanted the class to go. Okay. Like, I can't remember actually what the topic was, to be quite frank, but um, I, I let her go because I, until I, I let her sort of go because I thought if she says anything that's not correct, then we'll stop there. But it was fine. But from that point on, I always say anybody who's going to be in my class, you can be in my class. I don't have a problem with that, but you need to be quiet while I'm teaching. You don't talk. You don't answer questions. You don't say anything. If yeah, you have questions after, talk to me after. But I, this is, I need to command this floor. I need to command this group because in this group, I am seen as the expert and it, and it undermines who I am if you are talking over me. Absolutely. And that just disrupts the class. Oh, for sure. So now, now nobody's like, you know, sometimes I'll look at them and go, right? Yeah, you know that, right? Yeah, uh -huh. and they'll nod because I want them, like doulas that come into the class, I want them to, you know, get work, you know, potentially from, from being in that class. And, you know, I want them to learn and I want them to see um, what patients are asking and what they're being taught and things like that. But don't, don't come in and try and take over my class. Yeah. That's not. No one likes to know it all. Nope. And honestly, you're not going to be invited back. Nope. I had an anesthesiologist in the class once, and uh, and she was going on and on about all the negative and you know horrible things that can happen with epidurals and um, you know well you have to talk about you know this and you have to talk about that and you have to and she was talking about you know risks in labor and whatnot like really tiny minor horrifying risks but really minor yep and <laughs> i don't talk about that shit because my role in this class is to actually make you more comfortable with birth <laughs> and you're scaring the crap out of everybody yep. so can you shut the fuck up i shut her down quickly too and i was like okay so yes what you're saying is correct but we do have to move on and my role, this whole class is not about scaring the crap out of people. And she like shut right down. It's like, yeah. thank God, like call it like off. it is. So those are my times I've been called, not, not called out specifically, but where things have been misconstrued. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and really, isn't that the whole thing? It's, it's, it's misinformation. It's misunderstanding. Yeah. So if there's anybody, I, I wonder if those cards are actually a good idea. Or when someone hands in their birth plan, we, we're working with a doula. Here's a doula's scope of practice and what you can expect. Maybe having that 
that section on the back of your birth plan. So yeah. even on the front saying, we are working with a doula. If you have questions about the scope of practice, either please, uh, you know, take a moment to speak with Steph or Kim or yeah. uh, flip the page for a list of things that are within our scope of practice or what you can expect from our doula today. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. Communication. Yeah. And, that, and isn't that it? We want to be, we want to be part of the team. We want to work within this venue, this place. So we need to let everybody know sort of who we are and what we're doing and, and that we're not here to take over anybody's position. Like what we do with the partners. We're not here to replace the partner. We're nope. not here to replace the nurse. We're not here to replace the doctor. We are here as an not extra interested. benefit. Yeah. With all of our soft skills. And yeah. Soft skills matter. Exactly. Soft skills matter. Because, and again, you know, I mean, I think... I've come to, I think doula is working within a hospital setting or a home setting or a birth center setting with midwives and doctors and things like that. I think we have a good, um, we have a special place within that system. And, but I think we also have a particularly special system, particularly special place before the birth and after the birth. I think Doctors and midwives and nurses and whatnot are potentially only looking at sort of what we do in the birth setting. I think they sometimes fail to realize that we are working with them beforehand and we are going to be working with them afterwards as well. So when you people are all done with them, we are there. That is part of our role to help with feeding, to help with getting them comfortable, to help them with their recovery. Because especially with OBs, like in a hospital, 24 hours, your ass is out the door and see you, don't call us. Not for another six weeks. Exactly. And yet we are there to say, like I was, I went and saw a client, I talked about this last night at my class, but I went to see a client around day three, day four afterwards, which is when I usually do my first visit. And she was, uh, she was feeding baby. Oh, my cat is meowing. Um, She was breastfeeding. The lights were kind of dimmed and whatnot. And she was sort of sitting there with her shirt off and everything. But she didn't look well. And I said, are you like after baby had fed and dad had taken them away? I said, how are you feeling? Um, she said, I don't know, I have this headache, you know, and my hands are still really swollen. And I was like, uh, okay, what I need you to do <laughs> is call your OB right now, or at least within the hour. Okay. Um, that's not normal. She didn't usually get headaches and her face was actually quite round too. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was having, um, postpartum preeclampsia. Yep but they didn't know anything about that. And yet I, as a doula who I didn't know about it until this happened, but I knew something wasn't right. And I said, yeah, no, I I need you to call your care provider. And they did. And she did. She had postpartum preeclampsia, which could have been very bad. It could have been. And we've seen that. We've seen that be very bad. Exactly. It's the same thing with blood clots in the legs. Exactly. We, I, I ask, I kind of subtly ask about those things, but they're common enough that we need to pay attention. That's right. Recommend again, call your care provider, please. 
I had a client actually, and around the same time, a couple months later after this, she, her milk was not coming in and her bleeding was still really heavy about four or five days in. And I said, mm, you know what? That's not, that's normal. not within normal ranges. I said, call your care provider and let's get that checked out. Let them know X, Y, Z, this is what's happening and call them. So she went in, they had an ultrasound done and yeah, she had retained placenta. But I mean, how bad, how bad would it have had to have gotten for them to have gone? Like, this is why women are dying because they're being sent home with little information with a brand new baby, thinking that they're supposed to be tired and that everything is, you know, supposed to be hunky-dory. And there isn't somebody coming and saying, hey, you know what? You don't look good. That's right. And let's, you don't look good in a way that's not normal. Yeah. So let's looking get a little that tired, looked at. Being a little sweaty, you know? Yeah. Fine. We'll help you with those things. But there's things, I can't help you with preeclampsia. No. With postpartum eclampsia. I can't help you with blood clots in your legs. You know, I can't help you. But with I can tell you that this is a problem and we need to get this looked at before absolutely. it kills you. And that is in our wheelhouse. That we're is not absolutely within our wheelhouse. We're just directing because I would rather err on the side of caution. Absolutely. And I would rather be wrong than ignore it yes, and be and, sure. and have been right. And I would like to officially say, yeah, that's in our wheelhouse. To be absolutely. able to work with women and or new families and understand what looks normal and what is so uncomfortable that we it, you deserve to have it looked at you know, exactly we pay into this system that uh is universal and it need we need to be okay especially as as you know we're so often told that we need to just suck it up but don't fuck no. sucking it up no you pay into it go use the system and that's just it i mean i sit they they come at us in the labor and delivery room. Fine. Come at me. I don't care. Because when all is said and done, I'm going to be the one that's going home with these, with this family. I'm going to be the one that they're calling at, you know, three o'clock in the morning that this is happening. I'm going to be the one that they're talking to. So that's stop it. Stop trying to undermine who we are and what we do. What the hell are you doing? I stood up. Oh, <laughs> and then what blew into your microphone? Oh. It's exhausting, man. My legs are sore. I went to the gym last night on my period, damn it. Everything hurts. Stupid, stupid woman. Don't you know that the gym will kill you? <laughs> damn it. So, so yeah. So for all the OBs and nurses out there. Or for the, just the obstetric model of care. Yeah, like, come on. We are on. really doing our best to work within the system that brings our clients the very best outcomes. Exactly. So let us have a place at the table and know that we are there for again, healthy baby, healthy mom, but also a healthy experience. And you can't, you can't supply that third thing. That's not within your wheelhouse to supply that third thing of a healthy experience. What the hell man, sit your ass down. <laughs> you're making too much noise. You're making too much noise. You're trying to make it about you and it's not, we literally don't care. <laughs> So, so let us be day. there. We, we are a cheap alternative that can be helpful since we can't send public health nurses to people anymore unless they're in a high-risk category. Yeah, that's another cutback. Like, let's, let us be part of this where, where we can help out. 
Anyways, that's my rant for today. I have a headache. So my mother's dog has been here since Monday last week. I literally want to put a bullet in my head. I can't handle this dog anymore. She is like having a fucking toddler. She follows me everywhere. She's constantly making noise. She won't eat when I give her food. She's so goddamn picky. She's going home after this, and I couldn't be happier. I get my bed back, and I get to see my cats again. Why have your cats, your cats run away when she's there? Well, they usually sleep with me, but they, uh, because she's in there, they can't be. So. Gotcha. And poor Joe is suffering terribly as a result. He misses his mama. So he's whining and complaining. I have Winston outside my door whining and complaining. Apparently, we've left them alone long enough. There you go. All right. Yeah, let us know what you've had. Yeah. Or your stories about these same things. I'd love to hear that shit. We can have misconstrued corner. Misconstrued corner. Scope corner. corner. Scope corner. So tell us us what's been happening to you. (laughs) Send it to you. I want to hear it. Sorry, go ahead. I said I want to hear it. Yeah, so... Send it to the pragmatic doulas at gmail.com. Um, yeah, let us know. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter too. Uh, I'll follow you back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, though, I will only be about me bitching and complaining and starting Twitter wars with idiots who think that teachers shouldn't be striking or paid more. So, and that's okay. So, there was a. So yesterday, just for the audience, there was a, there was a lockdown at my kid's school because there was a shooting at the back of her school. I don't really know sort of the details of what happened, but it was on CP twenty four or was it CP24? Yeah, CP24's Twitter thing that they were following it. And like the second response was like, the teacher unions, they just want to, you know, they just want more money. They're, you know, compromising kids' safety, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I lost my shit. I'm like, excuse me? Um, My kid is in that goddamn school. This is not the time or the place. Shut your goddamn mouth. Pretty much. Yeah, like, you take your politics and shove it up your ass right now. I'm sitting here worried about my kids and you're sitting there blaming teacher unions for all of this other stuff, which really they have no control over. So no. someone who decided your, to come up on the outside of the school and open fire. Yeah. Not, not a teacher thing. <sighs> my, the teachers are in there protecting my child right now. Thank you very much. So shut your fucking mouth. Tell them Kim. Oh my God. I'm so pissed. This, this teacher strike, I'm not even married to a teacher anymore, but this teacher strike has got me so pissed. I am literally on Twitter. I need a job. I am literally on Twitter all day long bitching about it. <laughs> so I mean, what do you say? You're going to go hit, hit up Shopper's Drug Mart, get a little part-time job? What's yeah, the deal? I just, <laughs> No, because unfortunately, all, all that stuff, I would have to give up teaching, and that's not going to happen. Okay. You have to work weekends. Ah. I, I teach on the weekends, and I'm not, not, I'm not willing to give that up. I'll have to sell a kidney or something. I don't know. My kidneys <laughs> aren't that good. I'm not going to get much money that's, for them. Yeah, that wouldn't work out. 
No. So All right. anyways, well, you go. so that's Be my that. rantiness today. All right. I'm going to go with my dogs. We will have some special guests next week. Yeah. We will have Suzanne back. Yeah. Yay. Um, and I'm very excited. I hope everybody has been enjoying just me and Stephanie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just us. Um, and yeah, let us know what's going on in your world. Thepragmaticdoulas at gmail.com and all of that. And have a great, great snowy day if it's snowing where you are. Yeah, stay safe. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Thank you.